Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam, and this is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. This podcast is on anger management. What I'm going to cover in here is going to be the basically the land for what drives our emotional reactions of anger and the overview of how to change it. The actual practical step-by-step, what do you got to do to change it, you'll find in the Self-Mastery course on my website pathwaytohappiness.com that has step-by-step exercises to address unconscious beliefs that are driving our out-of-control emotional reactions like anger. This will help give you a picture of what that process is about, but the actual steps are in the course, the self-mastery course. The first few exercises of that program are free, just so you can sample the material, and if it's making sense to you and you see it has an impact, then you can go ahead and purchase the remainder of the course. Uh, First, I want to cover one item, and that is that I am not a big proponent of anger management per se. Managing something like anger is akin to keeping it bottled up inside and doing the best you can while you still have it. And since anger is such a destructive force in our life, I am more inclined to get rid of it entirely. It's If you have a fire burning in your house, you don't want to just manage the fire. You want to put it out. You want to be done with it. And that's my approach to dealing with anger is I'm, uh, I'm more of a let's eliminate the whole thing. Let's in- eliminate the underlying cause. So you don't have to be in fear of it flaring up and you don't have to be in very tiresome, hypervigilant state. You can relax and be calm and let things go and without having to worry about when it might flare up or when something might happen. So I'm an anger elimination kind of person and that's what I'll talk about. And just as a understanding, this is an introductory audio on anger management. It is not going to cover every scenario, every cause, end to end about anger management and getting rid of anger. But what I hope to do is point to the types of things that are at the root, very often at the root of such situations. As we get into understanding anger and where it comes from so that we can address the root cause, let me cover a little bit about the mind and how it acts to generate our emotional reactions. And we'll talk about two parts of the mind in a very simple model. We'll say one part is a part of our mind that does the intellectual reasoning or or conscious thinking. And it's basically the kind of think out loud cognitive information we tell ourselves of what we know, how we know we should behave, how we know we shouldn't behave. And it's, it's a kind of knowing that's intellectual and reasonable. And then there's another kind of knowing that is an unconscious knowing. It's what we actually act on. It's automated associations that are based often in our unconscious associations or more often in our unconscious beliefs about how the world works. In there, we've got lots of automated mechanisms to help us function in our life. You'll see that 
For instance, when you drive and the light goes green, you don't have to tell yourself, oh, I know that means I can go now, the light's green. You don't need to tell yourself that information because it's in our automated association system we'll call unconscious beliefs. And when we have emotional reactions that don't make any sense or aren't what we want, it's because these automated reactions are triggered. And we can intellectually know all sorts of things about how we want to behave and not want to behave and that we don't want to do that. But truth is, our automated systems of emotional reactions and the core beliefs and associations that are driving those, they don't care what your intellectual reason thinks. They're going to respond the way they're automated to respond. And if you really want to address the source of anger and dissolve it completely, you have to address those unconscious beliefs. Let me give you an idea of how those triggers happen and how they trigger unconscious beliefs. Here's just a a, kind of a silly example. Uh, The power was out in the house. And I was going around putting candles in the room so that there was light in the house because it was nighttime. Everything was dark. And I'm walking into the bathrooms to put a candle in there. Walk into the hallway, turn into the bathroom. I have a candle in my left hand. And as I'm walking into the bathroom, I switch the candle to my right hand and then reach up with my left hand that's now free and switch on the light switch. Do I intellectually know that the power's out? And with the power being out, the light's not going to go on? Absolutely, I intellectually know that. I know that because I'm bringing in candlelight into the room. And yet, when I walk into the room carrying a candle, I still take the candle out of my left hand, put it in the right hand, so that my left hand's available to flip on the light switch. That is an example of a trigger. Walking into a dark room is an example of a trigger. Even if I intellectually know when I have a candle in my hand to provide light, my circuitry is automated for the number of tens of thousands of times I've walked into a dark room and flipped on the light to automatically free a hand up and flip on the light. What's more interesting is that as I'm switching my hand and putting the candle over and I reach up for the light switch, I am aware that here's my body reaching over to flip on a white light switch and the power is out. Here I'm doing this automated thing and I know I'm doing it. And it seems kind of odd and yet my body continues with the automatic motion of it. So we can have these two parts of our minds operate at the same time. In the first case, I automatically reached over and flipped the light switch. And then afterwards, I intellectually can realize, hey, that was silly. Or I can even have an awareness consciously and intellectually as I do it and saying, 
this is odd, yet my body's continuing to do this automated response. So in those cases, I'm having conscious awareness of the automated response. And it's in that moment that we can start to change these automated unconscious reactions. And it is this kind of what I'll call awareness that allows us to change our automated reactions to things. Okay, that mindfulness of what our body's doing, what our emotions are doing, what our automatic associations are doing. It is this kind of attention on those patterns that allow us to change them. And that's how we can change our anger reactions. But it's important to know that there's a very big difference between these unconscious knowing actions versus our intellectual and reasoning knowing. Okay, and that we have to apply our intellectual conscious knowing to these automated unconscious patterns in order for them to change. So one of the things about anger in the way that we've learned it as an automated pattern is we've learned it as a means to change behavior. We've experienced it when our parents or school teachers or figures of authority got angry at us. They got angry at us as a way of punishment so that we'd learn an association that, hey, there's an anger punishment to doing this behavior. And as our mind made that association, we would learn to be afraid or avoid the painful punishment associated with that behavior. So we'd stop doing the behavior. That was the idea. Did it exactly work that way? Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. We first learn it as a pattern response to people changing our behavior when we're little. And then we learn to use that tool, that mechanism of anger, to also change other people's behavior. And that's where our pattern of comes in of trying to change other people's behavior by getting angry to, at them, which may or may not work. Usually it doesn't actually particularly with adults who will have all sorts of different reactions to anger than what our old childhood patterns would be. And the other place that we apply anger is often when we direct it to ourselves. We get angry and get really full of hate at ourselves in that anger, trying to change our own behavior. And this also doesn't work, at least not effectively. All we're doing is reinforcing this pattern that we need anger in order to change our behavior. And this causes us to get more and more angry at ourselves every time we want to change something. Well, if it's anger you want to change, this isn't a solution. It's, it's a closed loop cycle where you get angry at yourself and try and use that as the motivation to stop getting angry. But all you're doing is getting more angry. So getting angry at yourself is spiraling downward in the process. We need another way out of this loop of changing behavior and what I'll call emotionally driven behavior. So let's talk about what a trigger looks like in terms of why we might get angry and 
how the unconscious beliefs and associations are formed that we would need to put our attention on in order to change our emotional reaction of anger. It's easy to throw out the traffic one, but let's go a little deeper. Let's look at um, one of my clients. Let's call him Jack. He works in the IT department, internal computer fix-it stuff for a company. And he got an email from one of his coworkers saying, hey, I need this fixed. And oh, by the way, you know, it's really a fouled up system and you should have fixed this long ago. Whatever the email said, I don't know exactly. Jack read the email, got really pissed off. He got really pissed off at this guy, Bob. And in his mind, just went on a rant. Bob this, Bob that. Doesn't know Bob very well. Has had a few interactions with him. But nah, 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 nah. Right? Well, that is the automated response of his emotional belief system that he was rather surprised at. Then he started applying some tools from the self-mastery course and coaching sessions that I'd done with him. And now he's watching that part of his mind do that automated response. He's like, wow, what a show. And he got to watch it for a while. And in that gap of watching it, instead of just being caught up in it, you know, he took enough time to not reply to the email. And what he got to see was he had interpreted the email in a way that he felt scolded. The part says, oh, this should have been done a long time ago. And he interpreted that few words in a way that scolded, he had failed, I've done something bad. And in his imagination, he had basically gone back to that same emotional pattern he felt as a little boy being scolded. I'm being reprimanded. I've done something bad. That was the interpretation and association that he was doing in his mind, and he imagined it. And in that imagination world of the mind, it felt very real. Was Bob actually scolding? We don't know. Bob might have been just having fun in the email and say, okay, I need to throw this line in there in a sarcastic way. But the thing about email, we interpret it the way our mind interprets it, and we take certain words and phrases, and we form it into interpretations based on old patterns. And in this case, Jack interpreted as a reprimand, kind of a trigger pattern of a way he's typically and automatically his mind's going to interpret a comment like that. And in that scenario, he created an imagination. He imagined himself as a scolded little boy being punished, feeling unworthy, feeling rejected, feeling less than, feeling like a failure, felt guilt, felt shame, felt not only had he failed, but I am a failure. 
That was a lot of painful emotion. Did it have anything to do with the comment from the email? No. But his automated trigger system flipped the switch into that story pattern and the emotional reaction from that story pattern that's been there for years. The difference was this time he was aware of it and he was watching it. This is key to being an observer of what's going on in that unconscious part of the mind. You get to see it and start to be kind of skeptical of where it's taking us, particularly where it's taking us emotionally. Because not only was it taking him to feeling rejected and unworthy, but then his mind went into another pattern as a reaction to that of, hey, I feel really lousy and beat up by Bob. And oh, by the way, I don't deserve this. This is an unfair treatment of me. This is an unfair characterization of me that I'm not doing my job in time. And so the next part of the story was I'm being unfairly treated and punished by Bob. This is an injustice. And here comes his anger back at Bob as a secondary reaction to feeling punished of, I need to change Bob's behavior for treating me this way. And so anger comes out as this protective mechanism to to stop this abuse he feels from Bob. And the anger is directed towards Bob of, this will change Bob's behavior based on his automatic associations from years and years ago. This anger is the way to change Bob's behavior so that I don't get unfairly punished anymore. Now, was Bob actually punishing him? No. No, Bob just sent an email. He doesn't know the tone, the attitude, the inflection, the meaning behind those words in the email. Literally, Jack imagined being punished, felt punished, and then reactive as if he was unfairly punished. Except he didn't, notice until this observation that, you know what? I'm imagining being punished. I'm reacting as if this imaginary punishment is true. And then I'm trying to punish the imaginary Bob that I think punished me. All going on in his imagination. This is all the circuitry of his unconscious beliefs at work. Based on an email, based on a few sentences in an email. So this is the anger that's boiling over. Made up pretty much in his unconscious beliefs. That now he wants to spew at someone else. Now some people are going to say, hey, but what if the tone and the attitude and Bob really meant a kind of reprimand and a scolding in that email? Okay, my answer is, so what? So what? Say somebody really is like right in front of us acting with harsh words. Do we want our emotional reactions to go out of control in an automated way? Okay, they're doing what they're doing and we can talk about them all day. So what's more important here, what they're doing or how we are reacting to what they're doing? If you want to go change their behavior, go right ahead. But if you want to change your reaction to their behavior, no matter what it is, you got to put your attention on your own stuff. You got to look at the way you are reacting. 
Whether they're right or wrong, how are you reacting? My personal approach is someone's being angry at me. Nothing gets their goat more than just being really calm while they do it. Nothing is is as good, nothing feels as good as being calm and in control of oneself while they are going off. So that's why I direct my attention to how am I reacting to this? Because that's the part I can control. That's the part that's important to me. If I don't do the little subroutine, automated subroutine of feeling abused at their anger, they can yell and scream it. I don't feel bad. I don't do that first reaction that's painful of self-rejection that I feel fine. The person who, who says, oh, but what if they really did mean it? What if they did do something harsh? I look at it and say, that's only important to you if you have that first kind of reaction to accepting the reprimand or accepting that what they say is true or valid. But if you don't go into that victim, I'm being punished, feeling like a bad person failure, you don't mind that they yell and scream. You see that they're really just full of toxic emotion and you're still fine. So when you understand that you don't react anymore because you don't have that subroutine in your mind, it's really not that big a deal if someone is upset. You're okay with it. You can care. You can be present. You can be connected with them. You can have a conversation with them, but you don't react to them. It's a very different dynamic. Now, within this reaction, this trigger reaction of that has a couple layers to it, A, of perceiving that we're reprimanded, perceiving that we're that little boy, a belief that this is an injustice, pointing the finger at someone else, in this case, Bob, for what Jack is doing in his own imagination. This is full of false interpretations. Okay. The idea of how an email should be written and that it was written wrong. There's all sorts of little subtle things that build into this reaction that support feeling this way and the anger reaction. So it's not just one or two or three agreements here, but it's kind of how the imagination works to put us in a feeling like we're an eight-year-old again scenario. We kind of adopt interpretations as if we're eight or whatever age that is. So this is the wiring in the automated reaction that Jack was experiencing. And as he got to put his attention on these agreements, associations that drove his emotion and the way his imagination was projecting a scenario, A, projecting himself into this role of being a little boy victim, the way he projected that this other fellow Bob was a really bad guy that justified why it was okay to get angry. All of these pieces add up 
in a way that A, gives it an air of congruency, like it's true, that makes it difficult to see that it's not true, that it's going just going on in our imagination, and B, makes it more challenging to dismantle. But when we take a step back, look at it as an observer with a, with a neutral perspective, you can start to see, wow, some of these pieces don't add up. This is the piece I'm doing in my imagination all by myself. Okay, that reprimand or tone and attitude wasn't necessarily in the email. And you start unwinding the different pieces from there. The key here, awareness. Awareness of what are these underlying beliefs, associations that are going on in our imagination, and then two, an honest, neutrally based observation where you can start to be a skeptic and scrutinize these beliefs. And in that, you put your attention on these dynamics of your subconscious mind. And with your attention on what's going on in your mind, you start to rewire the reactions. just with awareness. Okay. One of the things here, it's not enough to intellectually understand this. That is not going to be enough to change it. It's a matter of being really present and observing what's going on. If you just want to rely on intellectually knowing, oh, I should do this differently, and you focus on what should be done differently, you aren't actually changing the existing program in subconscious. You're just trying to create a secondary program that runs in parallel. But the old one is A, much deeper, and been around longer, so it's the one that we're going to default to when we go into automatic mode. Okay, if we can try and... Stay vigilant. We might be able to hold our attention in this conscious pattern of what we should do and what we shouldn't do in terms of our anger reactions. But when we let our guard down, we go back to an automatic default pattern. And that's where we get surprised and we go out of control. We have an outburst. And that's what we end up being afraid will happen. That's what we end up trying to put boundaries and not putting ourselves in situation. We try and make agreements with other people. Okay, do this, don't do that. That way I won't get triggered. We try and manage these reactions by managing and controlling the environment because we haven't dealt with the subconscious associations in our belief system. Okay, but once you deal with the subconscious associations with your within your belief system, you no longer have to make all these agreements on the outside about what other people are allowed to do and not do and where you can go and what you can't do and what subjects you can talk about and can't talk about. You don't have to manage the triggers anymore because the unconscious belief patterns have changed. That's the difference between managing and actually eliminating anger. So let's talk about another scenario. <clears throat> another gentleman. Uh, let's call him Bill. And Bill is on the family vacation, driving in his car, going away for a week. And he's got the three kids in the back, and uh, he and the wife are in front. And uh, this is vacation, right? For a week at the beach or wherever they're going. They're an hour or two in the drive, whatever. And his wife reaches over to the center console and grabs some wrappers from some snack. 
to clean up the car. And Bill snaps at her in a way that's like something to the effect, I got that. Doesn't want her cleaning up after him. This surprised her. This surprised him. He's got a pattern of snapping at his wife here and there. And afterwards, after he snaps with anger, small or big, he goes into another pattern of self-judgment and and self-hate and feeling unworthy. There's a whole other subroutine of self-rejection because he was angry and he shouldn't have been. And you end up dealing with this in the self-mastery course also because this is a layer that has to be undone uh, in the way that we judge ourselves for being angry. So anyhow, when he dissected the unconscious beliefs that he had that were driving this emotional reaction, what he found out was some very interesting facts. You know, he knew he loved his wife and really adored and respected her in a lot of ways. And one of the things about her is like just her constant care and attention for the kids, her selflessness in working to take care of him, take care of their kids. He is in awe of how much effort every day, how much patience every day she has in taking care of all these little things. Down to picking up little pieces of trash so the house is clean and neat, the car is clean and neat, the kids are looked after in every detail. He is amazed by her. And that's really great. But what it set up was a comparison in his mind between her and him. He's like, I'm not that patient. I'm not that attentive. I don't pay attention to details the way she does. And so from that comparison, another part of his mind, the critic judge character in his mind, condemned him and said, you are so much less than her. Look at her, she's so great, you're so much less than her. And this is a story he'd had for the number of years they were married, and it would periodically pop up. And so when he saw how great she was in so many ways, that voice in his head then, because it's automated to do this, compare ourselves to other people, it continually found him less than. And so that voice in his head felt like it was scolding him. You're not good enough. You're failing. For not cleaning up that wrapper in the car. And so all the history of the past of comparing her and how great she was to how unworthy and inadequate he was, he felt rejection. And it's like when that wrapper got picked up by her, his mind went into that automated routine and not just rejected him right then for not cleaning up the car and leaving it there, but it flashed back to however many times he'd rejected himself, felt that emotional pain. So it was like his emotional pain of self-rejection was amplified a hundred times or a thousand times. Happened so quickly, he didn't notice the emotional pain. He didn't notice the way his mind was comparing himself and rejecting himself. What he did notice was what his wife was doing. He noticed the trigger. 
And so he reached over and he snapped at her and he grabbed the wrapper. Because that's the only part of this he observed as the cause. He didn't see the way his belief system had structured this comparison and self-rejection and this painful emotional experience. Because he didn't see that, all he saw was her as the cause, her behavior as the cause, what she did as a cause, and he responded to that with anger, hoping it would stop the pain he felt. But when he saw these other unconscious patterns of association, he realized, wow, I'm doing this to me. In my automated routines in my mind, I am doing this to me. He knew for a long time he had overreacted. He knew for a long time that he had acted with anger out of proportion, but he didn't know why. But when he saw these unconscious beliefs all wired together, he's like, okay, now I understand why I have those angry outbursts that for so long seemed irrational. But when I see the belief system, the way it's operated in my mind, gosh, it makes perfect sense. That, that in itself helped him a whole lot because now he wasn't confused about why he was angry. At least he understood what the real cause was. And he knew what to address. So as he dug into those agreements and he got to put his attention on the way they operated, he got to consciously change his unconscious patterns. For years he had been snapping with anger and overreacting. At least now he could see what the real cause was. And not have to try and manage it or stay in a hypervigilant state to keep it under control. Where he was really always in fear of losing control. So these are the automated associations we have. And each person's is different in the way they're structured, the way we interpret things. Yet the approach to identifying them is pretty much the same. No matter who you are and what your history is. And I explain that process and walk you step by step through the exercise in the self-mastery course. But it's really about what are these agreements? Let's look at them honestly. Let's take off this layer of judgment and victimization we have about having them because that needs to be moved out of the way because that's another reaction scheme of beliefs about the beliefs we find or about being angry and in this way you get to essentially reprogram these emotional reactions And again, there's, there's two parts of the mind. There's our intellectual understanding of what's going on or what we should do and should do. And this is a very simple, straightforward kind of thought process side. And then there's these unconscious beliefs that have their own associations, their own relationships, and their own way they operate. And it is by putting our attention on these hidden beliefs, these core beliefs, 
that we can change the way those automated patterns run. Okay. Much in the same way as walking into that dark room, the more awareness I have of like, I could walk in and I'm noticing I have a candle and I notice earlier on, hey, I'm starting to put it in my right hand. What is the subtlety of this movement? What is the subtlety of this reaching up to the light switch? I can catch it before that switch triggers and go, wow, this is interesting. Let me back off here because I can see what's going on and why it's going on and actually consciously intervene while my automated system is reacting. It's what I call awareness or mindfulness. So this development of awareness or mindfulness is one way that we make changes and we can stop the reactions while they're happening. And the other way is we actually go in and inventory the core beliefs of these unconscious associations. And as we inventory those and become more aware of those, we can change those so we no longer have that reaction at all. And so there's really two modalities that we're using here. One is awareness in the moment, and the other one is to go and inventory these beliefs and look at the history of associations we've built and deconstruct those. And that is a process that really eliminates the whole issue altogether. Hopefully this is helpful. There's a lot more layers to anger and why we do what we do for the best results and where to get started, you will find those step-by-step exercises and practices in the self-mastery course on my website, Pathway to Happiness. You can also order my book, MindWorks, which is a guide to identifying and changing these negative thoughts, beliefs, and emotional reactions. The book MindWorks is available at your online retailers like Kindle, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes in both print copy and ebook form. Hopefully this has been insightful into some of the dynamics of the cause so you can address what's really going on. This is Gary Van Warmerdam from pathwaytohappiness.com. Thank you.